Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback? Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within, combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954 MSRP 49,905 excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. It's time to face the music. It's your day in court with a people's lawyer, Bruce Hagan, and attorney Ray Judice. Welcome to your day in court with renowned lawyers, Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. Tell you how to get a hold of these guys in just a moment. We're going to start the show with a segment that I know y'all are, gosh, probably just dreading, called <laughs> Bruce and Ray were right. We'll get to that just just a second because uh, I know how hard it is for you to. Wait, 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 we may need to rename this. Bruce and Ray were right again. Again, you know what? That's exactly right because it's like the sequel. You just throw <laughs> throw something in, you know at the end of it. So Bruce and Ray were right again. We'll do that when we talk about the Murdoch trial. But uh, in case people need your expert legal opinion. Bruce, how do they get a hold of you? I'll get to that in a second. My wife has her own segment at home, which is Bruce is wrong again <laughs> as usual. That's, that's part three. <laughs> part three. That's so, fun. yes, easy to get hold of me. Uh, my <laughs> cell number, 404-202-2233. 404-202-2233. You can email me, bruce at hagen-law.com. That's H-A-G-E-N-law.com. Great website. Uh, I do personal injury cases, uh, but if you have a need that I can't handle, I certainly know somebody who can. And Ray Judice. Good afternoon. Thanks for listening. Ray Judice, Law, 404-964-4185. I'm easy to find here in Roswell. And I was just telling the guys before we went on air. Monday morning, I had a case in federal court in the Richard Russell building downtown. Yesterday, I had a case out in Hall County in Gainesville. Came out great. Uh, I've got a good car, good tires, brakes are fair. <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll ride for justice for you. Atlanta traffic will wear down some brakes for uh, sure. It's amazing. Both are upstanding men, though, and, and great guys that uh, you'll want to spend time with and be able to uh, take advantage of their legal expertise if you find yourself in a situation where you need legal uh, advice. So reach out to either of them. Let's start with this segment that is so painful for you all to talk about. Ray and Bruce were right again. It's tough. On the uh, Murdoch trial, deliberating for less than three hours, he was convicted. Alex Murdoch was convicted in the double murder trial, found him guilty of murdering his wife and son. I just I have a hard time wrapping my head around it, just the the evil that that is. Yeah, and, and Tug, you made a good point uh, off the air before we got started here today that, um, you know, a simple rule to live by is just don't kill people. I, I think it's uh, an easy one to follow. And, and if you start from there, um, you avoid the sort of problems like Alex Murdaugh now has, which is spending the next two of his lifetimes behind bars. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, the, the thing that really caught, I think, both my attention and Ray's attention uh, was just the gamble of putting him on the stand. Um, he had been exposed as a liar earlier in the case by the prosecution, particularly as it related to his voice being there recorded, uh, you know, at the kennel location, I think, where he said he hadn't been there um, and lied to the officer. So he'd, he'd already been impeached by lying to, uh, and, and you know, having that happen by video. And so, you know, the, the strategy of we're going to put him on the stand and he's going to just say that, yes, I lied about all these other things, but I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> I, I didn't lie here, you know, was, was really a dangerous one. But as Ray pointed out, this is a, a guy with an enormous ego who's a big shot I think you said big swing in something. Uh, yeah, something lawyer, yeah, you know, like that we can't use today here. Fourth right generation <laughs> lawyer from a prominent family who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and it's uh, it has to be his choice, and he has to agree not to testify. And maybe they couldn't do that, but when the jurors were interviewed, um, they went right for that. Yeah, biggest risk uh, any criminal defense lawyer takes is putting his or her witness or his client up on the witness stand. Uh, first of all, they all think they're the smartest person in the room, and this guy for sure, and he's led 
a life of extreme entitlement that probably none of us, uh, even listening, would be be a, you know, familiar with. Familiar yeah. with, yeah. you know. Good morning, Mr. Murdoch. The doors swing open. He never needed a top coat. Someone would have an umbrella for him as he got out of the car and you know went to the best seat in the restaurant. So when you live that way and you're used to everybody bowing. Uh, and, you know, obviously he passed the bar. He's a lawyer. He's, he's got some modicum of intelligence. He made some big deals and made some money. Uh, he thought he could charm, persuade, and and just overrun the DA. Now, a lot of some of the TV commentators that I watched uh, really thought that the DA was terrible, was sloppy and lazy. Uh, he was not a superstar, but he was workmanlike. And what he what he sensed was it didn't matter what he question he asked. Murdoch sounded and looked like he was lying. You could have asked the guy his birth date, and he and it still would have come out like it can't be true. He's he must be lying. Be looking it up. <laughs> and and right. the longer it went on, even though it went on for a little bit longer than I thought it should have, it became evident that he he's just a pattern of lies, and he finally got caught. Yeah, and the jury saw right through it. I mean, this was a virtual conga line into the jury room and right back out with a guilty <laughs> verdict. Um, and I only say that from uh, experience in some of the cases I've had where you see it. It's like, wait a second, they didn't even, they weren't even in there long enough to elect a four-person. How can they be done and have a verdict? As right as we are about what we're talking about, I would never have predicted a three-hour verdict on a Thursday. On a Friday, yes, and Bruce, I think, will agree you never want your case to go to a jury, especially in Metro Atlanta with our traffic and all the other problems. After lunch on a Friday, it's going to be, they're going to have lunch. <laughs> they're all going to go to the bathroom. They're going to vote one time, most likely, and that's about 2.15. That's the knock on the jury door. Some some courtrooms have the lights, you know, the red light, green light. But but I didn't think they'd come back on Thursday. No, I, I think didn't. they'd at I least didn't. go home, sleep on it. I mean, at the end of the day, your decision is sending a human being, an American citizen, to prison for the rest of his life. He will die in prison unless they push him out the door because he's got an incurable disease that the jail doesn't want to pay for, and they'll push right. him out the door, which is what they actually do. And, and this isn't to say that the jury didn't take their job seriously, no, because they right. certainly yeah. did, um, but they were just convinced and and there was forget about reasonable doubt. There was no doubt. You know, I, I I could imagine these jury deliberations going along the line of well, the first thing that you're instructed to do is go back to the room and select a four person, meaning just somebody to be the leader who's going to sign off on the verdict. And that may take a few minutes to figure out who wants to do this. Um, you you get to know your fellow jurors a little bit over the course of your time together in a trial. So you know maybe you can tell hey, this guy seems like a natural leader. We'll put them in charge. And and I would think the first person. And the four person said here was like, right, is there anybody who doesn't think this guy's guilty? <laughs> right. You know, just raise your hand. Yeah. And, and nobody raised their hand because everybody was like, yeah, he's, he's guilty as can be. Uh, and maybe they talked about it a little bit. But, um, you know, it was, a, hey, look, if we if we um, ask for it, they'll bring us pizza. So let's get our pizza first and then we can so talk about really it. Cool. And then I, I really thought, the verdict. You know, not to be that crass about the pizza delivery, but I really thought they would say, all right, let's let's deliberate till five ish. Come back tomorrow. Have breakfast, lunch get a verdict around two o'clock. I think they made up their minds about three quarters of the way through his testimony. One, one of the Maybe jurors, not even the cross. Maybe his, even his direct testimony. One of the jurors that uh, was being interviewed, uh, and I just, you know, I hate the post-trial juror interview on the TV circuit. You, you know, just take some time. At least let the time for appeal go by or the time for post-trial motions go by before you come forward. But at any rate, this, this uh, juror was saying that um, when they heard the audio uh, of uh, Murdoch there at the scene where he said he wasn't, they said, oh, he was he was so clearly lying. We knew he was guilty at that point. And, yeah. and you know, if that's the case, then all he did was dig his hole deeper by testifying. Yeah, with the hydrocodone consumption. Yeah. And, and as you said, yeah, I swindled my, <laughs> my law firm and my clients out of a, a million or so, but... Yeah, come on, we can overlook that. Yeah, that's he, not a crime of moral turpitude, right? T taking murder out of the equation, <laughs> you know, the one of the unforgivable sins as mm -hmm. as a lawyer mm -hmm. is uh, tapping into your client's funds. 
You know, that that is one of the things that you get disbarred over if, if you do that. And here he was stealing from clients. You can steal from your partners uh, and not be disbarred. You might, you're going to get sued, you know, and you yeah. might end up uh, in financial ruin. But um, stealing from your partners is not typically not going to get you disbarred. Stealing from a client will. And, and so he committed that unforgivable sin of stealing from the client. Um, but again, was like, yeah, don't, don't get too caught up in that. Uh, sure. I'm a bad person. I had some stress. I was using drugs. I was uh, a mess. My son was, uh, uh, causing me problems and facing lawsuits that were going to affect me financially as well. Uh, but ignore all that, you know, and, and, and focus on this. So anyway, it was, it was, um, what can you say, Ray? We were we were right once again. This was uh, going to be a conviction all the way. It was a mistake to put him on trial. So uh, it would be awesome if anybody asked us ahead of time. You know, we could predict these things. But <laughs> yeah, in the, the meantime, we, you know, we'll just uh, talk about it uh, in the rearview mirror. Yeah, I was trying to explain uh, to somebody who was watching this trial about the Fred Tokars case. And for those out there that have lived in Metro Atlanta for many years, it's got to be about twenty to twenty-five years ago that Fred Tokars. A very respected attorney. He was in a district attorney's office in Fulton County. He was a magistrate judge. I had cases in front of him. I, I remember the law firm, Sure Winter and Tokar. He was a fan, very good lawyer. Had his, you know, beautiful wife killed by two henchmen in front of in front of their sons. Mm. And now I believe both Fred died about two years ago in prison. And I believe both of his sons, one committed suicide and the other one died very recently. So a whole family that had nothing but, you know, Atlanta, a chamber of commerce posters written on them, beautiful family, intelligent on the way up. And you say, Fred, why? You know, all you had to do was go to work, man. You were, you were a rising star and be honest and go home to your loving family, take the kids to T-ball. You know, I mean, why do you throw that away? And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I can't figure that one out to save my life. 1994 was the year that right, that, that, that happened. There. Yeah, yeah, you know. You yeah, I used to it. ride into uh, work every morning and pass a uh, sure winter in Tokar's billboard right. uh, with a picture of a vicious-looking Doberman or some sort of you know attack dog, uh, and that was their thing. It's like you know, we put that that was the <laughs> quite, a, quite an image. <laughs> it kind of was, but it, it, but that it builds. In though. that context, it was like right. you know, put us to work on your personal injury claim, uh, and as a uh, young lawyer with uh, aspirations mm. of becoming a, a personal injury lawyer, not a billboard lawyer, uh, but a personal injury lawyer. It's like, I, I'd notice that every day. It's like, I, you know, people think they want that sort of uh, I get approach. it, though. I want a bulldog for this case, especially in a divorce Espe- setting. I was going to say, especially I divorce. I don't have any friends. Like, I don't know any good lawyers that are What that a mistake, by yep. the way. Anybody who's out there, and we'll, I guess we'll get into this in our next segment, um, but mm-hmm. anybody who's out there thinking that they may be headed towards a divorce and, and your attitude is, I want the most vicious, cutthroat bulldog of a lawyer as, as my lawyer, you are setting yourself up for so much additional misery beyond the misery you're probably already dealing with of just having to go through this process. When we continue on your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice, Tiger Woods' former longtime girlfriend has asked a judge to remove her from a non-disclosure agreement that she claims the uh, golf champion forced her to sign when their relationship started in 2017. And that is according to ESPN. We will discuss it next. Tiger back in the news again and not for a good reason next on extra 106.3 make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new audi from audi atlanta and what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish audi a5 sportback hey it's finn along with my friends at audi atlanta here to introduce this city to the audi a5 sportback with a versatile and athletic design the beauty lies within combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback and right now you can lease the audi a5 sportback for 537 dollars per month find yours at AudiAtlanta.com and use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP 49,905, excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. 
You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. Welcome back to your day in court with renowned lawyers Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. If you ever need their help, we always get you their information so you can get the best legal advice and representation that is available here in the city of Atlanta, the state of Georgia, the country, the universe. We even discovered that recently. <laughs> A civil complaint filed Monday, this past Monday, in Circuit Court, the 19th Judicial Circuit Court in Martin County, Florida, is a dispute between Erica Herman and Tiger Woods. Tiger's longtime girlfriend asked a judge to remove her from a non-disclosure agreement that claims uh, that she claims Tiger Woods forced her into signing when their relationship started back in August of 2017. Uh, it's an NDA that they say is invalid and unenforceable in a trust controlled by Tiger Woods. The guy's back in the news again. He, anytime he's in the news, it's for something bad. It, it seems <laughs> that way. If he would just play golf and, and lay low. That's not fair. He's been in the news for some positive things. He's he has? Had some, some good comebacks, you know, oh. overcoming these injuries and getting back on the pro tour. But, 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 His, he's golfing with his son which, which is that part's great see, you i know, get charlie it. driving we, a car off a cliff that's exactly right every time every time it's not on the golf Stopped course on it's the side bad. of the road in florida yeah. coming from the club I'm just saying well this you know i this lawsuit in in some ways is very confusing to me and others it's it's as plain as day what's going on i mean the, the part that's very clear is oh tiger woods is your opposition here, Tiger Woods has a lot of money. Tiger Woods can pay whatever needs to be paid here mm -hmm. um, to resolve this case. So there's a deep-pocketed defendant to go after. Um, but you know, reading through this and and the issues with the NDA and the basis by which they're trying to attack it, um, and and the claim of an ownership interest in the real estate just by virtue of moving in here, you know, that's the stuff that to me is sort of mind-numbing as a lawyer like this just doesn't make sense but also raises issues in my mind of like you know how do people get into these situations where um, you're just trying to have a relationship with somebody and maybe take it to the next level of let's live together and see how that goes and let's let's share expenses and and see how that goes and and sort of what kind of ramifications come from that in in this case um tigers Tiger established a trust. The trust owned the residence where he lived. The beneficiaries under the trust were Tiger's kids and I think maybe Tiger himself. So, so the trust becomes the defendant in the lawsuit, not Tiger, not Tiger individually. Right. Um, and the claim along the lines of that, well, she was tricked to move out, um, but that she had some sort of an oral agreement, Ray, watch it, uh, an oral <laughs> agreement to... Um, share ownership of the property. And and so, you know, you could have a law student look at that and, and say, like, this isn't enforceable. That doesn't, real estate transactions don't work that way. Yeah, I think we have to start from an assumption that Tiger must have hired some pretty good legal counsel. He certainly could afford to do so, and there's no shortage of good lawyers in his uh, fancy neighborhood in Florida. And they created this trust. So he didn't go down to Office Depot and get the form, the LegalZoom. stock form, <laughs> and say, hey, right. I want to put this multi-million dollar mansion inside of a trust, uh, where do I sign? So so I would assume that it was, we'll make some assumptions, that the trust was properly legally created, and that inside of it is all kinds of legal language that spells out if if then but with for, and includes this ar mandatory arbitration, and it includes the non-disclosure. Now, one of the things when you are you want your your future spouse to sign a prenup and uh, you have seven degrees from MIT and you're making three million dollars a year and your partner soon to be spouse didn't graduate high school and works at the Waffle House. Not 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 picking on the Waffle House. I love the Waffle House. But but they can't afford a good lawyer. So you went and got a real sharpie to draft the prenup and said, here, sign it, honey or, or sir or whatever. And they did. Well, that may get thrown out. Most of the states will say, no, 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 your future partner, the other co-signee on this prenup, was entitled to reasonable legal counsel, pretty much equal to what you had. You may have to go pay for it, and that's why I brought up the job description, not to be 
uh, condescending, yeah, yeah. but it's just, just you, you know, you're not going to access some lawyer on the 18th floor at the, at down at King and Spalding. Let's just say to, somebody who has who right. earns a minimum wage, unless the, unless the, <laughs> can, the wage anyway. earner was going to pay for it. Right. So, so, then, so in that situation you're describing, right. now let's go back say, to the here's, trust. Here's fifty thousand dollars right. for legal go hire, expenses. Go hire someone good. Yes. Here's a list of ten of the best, and, and somebody independent. Absolutely, so, not from so, the same so law firm. You're getting firm. independent advice, right? So now, if if this trust created by Woods's sharp lawyers is just slid across the dinner table one night with an ink pen, and he says, "Hey, Don, would you sign this for me?" And we got a note. Where's the notary? That may get thrown out on an unequal level playing field. Okay, that he stacked the deck in his favor. Very well, very well, may be the case, and that's why they're challenging the formation of the trust and the non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, and, and so, you know, part of the theory is that she had an oral tenancy agreement to remain on the property. And any transaction in real estate, now, I don't know, look, Florida's a weird place. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a friend who lives in Florida that is a listener to our show, so uh, John Halvey, if you're out there listening, and you know, you know the law to be different as it relates to this, tell us, but, you know, it, it's a pretty basic concept that anything having to do with real estate, any transaction involving real estate has got to be in writing. Um, and and it should be recorded, meaning filed at a courthouse so that it's in writing, but but notarized, witnessed, and recorded to be enforceable, right? I used to go down to um, dispossessory court in Fulton County when I was first starting out and you know, doing whatever work anybody needed. 300 um, you, a day. That was my goal, uh, and it wasn't <laughs> easy to get there. So, but for $50, I would, I would handle a dispossessory, which is an eviction. And there was one judge, Louis Levinson was the I judge in that court, yep. who handled, he, he's yeah. probably kicked out a million people out of their apartments <laughs> over the course of 30 Wait, years. you as mean enforce the properly filed eviction notice? Is that what you're trying to say? Enforcing the law, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, people who didn't pay their that rent and, and getting Let's just make sure that, I mean, But, but sitting there and judge. listening to these proceedings, you know, so many people would say, oh, well, he told me I could stay if I if I gave him $300 now. And, and, and Levinson was always like, okay, show me where that is in writing. Let me see that in writing from the landlord. If it wasn't in writing, he didn't even consider it. And, and that's just because the basic concept of real estate law is that we don't go on what type of evidence, Ray? Parole. Parole evidence, which, you know, this verbal agreements when it comes to real estate. You can prove the existence of a contract. That's a verbal contract. You can have all kinds of verbal promises, but not when it comes to real estate. So that's that's a weird part of this lawsuit, in my view. And part of the reason Bruce is talking about that needs to be in writing is that it is so easy to do. Should I wish to have uh, put a financial interest in my partner in the home? All I have to do is go down to the deed room and pay the clerk of court $15 or $20, whatever the filing fee is, and reissue the deed with two names on the property or give what's called a life estate on the deed. Or in my will, you shall be able to live in the house or on the property until the extinguishment of your life or my life. So it's so easy to create these type of protected residency issues or you know solve this that the law says well you didn't even take these steps that we've made so easy for you to do uh, or a series of emails people think that a contract has to be 27 pages on uh, you know sheet paper with initials in the right hand corner like you can, the t's and c's yeah you can create a quote-unquote contract through many many ways one is a series of emails text messages or performance on the agreement now how she's going to be able to prove that her performance of this Con- this verbal contract. Yes. See, I skipped. I, skipped <laughs> I didn't do it. Uh, it was worth $30 million. Uh, I think that's going to be hard to show. Yeah. And so then there's a separate claim. There's actually two lawsuits. So, so one is against the trust involving her claim that she should be allowed to stay there. It has this oral tenancy agreement to, to stay on the property for five additional years. But then she's also sued Tiger individually. And this is where she's trying to get out of that non disclosure agreement. And apparently there's a federal law, so so this is what's being invoked here, is that this federal law that was passed in 2021, basically to prevent people from having to be quiet if they've been victims of sexual assault or abuse or harassment. And and it's, you might as well call it the Harvey Weinstein law, right? But it's, it, it's like saying that if you've been the victim um, and somebody's trying to buy your silence, that you can void that 
agreement under this federal law. But according to ESPN, she's not made any specific allegations against Tiger Woods. Exactly. And that's what that's when I say I'm confused by all this is like, well, we're saying it's void because of that federal law. But I'm not claiming that. I the was that, that I need to invoke the law or, or sexually assaulted at all, you know. And so, well, if that's the case, how does this federal law in any way apply to you to allow you to ignore the terms of the non-disclosure agreement? But you know, we we, we joked a little bit off air about Tiger and some of the things he's done. Or and done I'm a stuff. fan. I want to point no, that out. No, I'm a fan of the guy. I am too, and I, I think especially his ability to make some sort of a comeback in a young man's That's incredible. sport. That part's uh, incredible. His body is just a mess, you know, from all the accidents yeah, that he's well, got himself he's got into. Himself yeah, right. But, uh, but again, buy her, buy her her own place, man. It would have been cheaper. You could have bought her a really nice condo about, about just outside of walking distance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> you know? I mean, come on, Tiger, you're single. Come swing by the, swing by the house. I'll give you some tips on this. It's not that complicated, man. <laughs> Goodness. I, can you imagine, though, being in that state, that, that level of success, and then trying to date? Because it seems like it's a legal mess. Like, just dating someone at that level is complicated. It's got to be. And then having that much money that you need to tell your your uh, love interest here that um, I love you, sign here. You know, because if you love me back, you'll sign here because what you're saying is that you're not you, after you, my money. You're not after my money. And and the flip side is, if you love me, you you won't make me sign this because you know that I only love you. So so you know you get into this battle. But the the reality is, if you have assets, you have something that needs to be protected. And this is why people should get lawyers involved. You know, if you're somebody like Tiger, it's like, hey, sweetie, this isn't me. This is them. Talk to them. Hire your own uh, and and make an informed decision on whether you want to do this. Well, he or was not. clearly thinking about protecting his assets by forming the trust, which part of which is to provide for his children and maybe the next generation as well, and perhaps something for the ex-wife in Sweden or wherever she's at. And I don't mean that in any. No, insult. no, that's exactly I think right. they get along, and, and, and right. as we know, Florida has a very expansive homestead exemption, um, meaning that you can own real estate of any value, and um, it's exempt from. Uh, judgments, judgments, collections, which is why O.J. Simpson moved and bought, a, took every nickel he had and bought the biggest house in Florida he could, so that property was exempt from the Goldman a civil jury verdict they got against him in, yep. in the murder case. And, and and he's not alone in that thought no. process. They all do. You I'm know going I mean? there myself. Um, and do you know why Florida has that, uh, Tug? So uh, in, in, in the days before, well, first of all, Florida, and I, I tell this to my friends who live down there, it's not really meant to be inhabited by most humans. You okay. know, the, the the Seminole tribes, like they, they adapted to the environment. They understood how, how to be one with the land. Um, but for most um, humans, it's it's really not meant to be inhabited. But what changed that were a couple of things, um, one of which was air conditioning, um, one of which was pest control. Uh, you, you know, and suddenly when you got mosquitoes under control and you got uh, air conditioning now, you could live in Florida. But prior to that time, the state of Florida could not get people to come down there. And so one of the ways that the state lured residents from places like Georgia and Alabama was to say that, hey, if you buy property here in Florida and you live here, no one can ever take that from you. That is your property forever. We have a homestead exemption that says that if you own land, it is yours and, and come on down. And by the way, we don't have state taxes either. So so come on here, down here. here and, 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 and so they were able to attract people to come live in this subtropical environment that is extreme. You know, when I hear about people's dogs getting eaten by alligators, it's like, or, yeah. Or the woman. Or the woman. It's like, yeah, guess what? They were there first. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't need to go down there uh, just, just so you can go shopping in Aventura or, uh, you know, head over to Sawgrass Mall. Right. Mm-hmm. So so. I'm getting sidetracked, but you know, I, I thought I, that was my job. <laughs> well, I, I, my, my family forcibly relocated me from the comforts of the Bronx, New York, down to South Florida uh, against my will, and so I've had an attitude about it ever since, except for my glorious four years in Gainesville. Okay, so every 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 part of Florida except Gainesville. You sound like David Dickey now, exactly. talking about how great Gainesville is, and I don't think it's all that great. I kid, I kid. But uh, but that's the thing though, with with this whole tiger thing, I I can't get away from how you try to weave, or, or thread the needle in a relationship like that because you're always at each other, you're always at odds, you're always needing representation because no matter what you do, some you are a target. You can't help but be a target. Well, he should have talked to Derek Jeter. You know, Derek never yeah. had these problems. He sent the. 
the post-date gift basket with the Rolex watch and the red-soled shoes and Nobody ever filed any complaints against the good old Derek, so he yeah. had the system down pat. Now he's doing Lincoln commercials or something. Yeah. No, no, Wagoneer commercials. Yeah. That's what it is. yeah, he looks good in that captain's chair. Yeah, he chair. does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, and while we're speaking this, our dear friend Frank Duffy from Duffy Realty. Oh, I know. He's got the gig, the middle-aged man gig of a lifetime. He is the Detroit Tigers spring training home announcer. PA not, announcer. Not PA announcer. Yeah. And yesterday, and he, he sent me this picture last night on my Facebook or my something, LinkedIn, whatever it was. He called the New York Yankees starting lineup. That's the Detroit awesome. Tigers. And for us, us Yankee fans, and I asked him to record it so he could play it back to me. So That's uh, super so, cool. So and shout out to Frank. You can tell you've been in Georgia a while because you said Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is my daddy and raised in Northwest Georgia. I said Detroit, too. I've been here a while. Yeah, yeah no, you, you can tell. Yeah. But he, probably, he probably also says insurance. Yeah, he does. Totally did. Yes, uh, totally so, did. So, you know, one thing that people need to consider is like, well, how does this happen? And and what do I need to think about if, if I'm at that point in a relationship where we're considering moving in together? What, what does that change, if anything? And, minus and the billions. Minus that. Even, even just for, you know, the regular working class stiff, you know, there are some things that you really should consider. And, and while you may not think that you need to talk to a family lawyer, um, or even a tax lawyer. You know, there are reasons to have these conversations ahead of time. There, there, we have friends who have gotten married when they shouldn't have. We have friends who have stayed single when they shouldn't have. You know, that there'd be benefits to you to be married. There'd be benefits to you to stay single. There are benefits to you to, to live separately, you know. Um, it, it comes up a lot as well when unmarried folks buy a home together, right? So they're not just moving in together, but saying, let's, let's buy this house, and we do it together. Well, then what happens when the relationship goes south how do we deal with the house? Well, the cleanest thing to do is you move out and you sell it. You split the proceeds, right? You, you, you each put money into it. You split it according to that same percentage, whether it's 50-50 or however you, you bought it. But somebody, nobody wants to sell the house. I want to stay here, right? The market's not right. I got to live somewhere. So you can address these things and should address these things ahead of time because there are consequences. It's, it's somebody moves in with you. Um, it's not the easiest thing to just say, okay, we're broken up. You have to leave now. You know, they might say, well, no, I live here. You know, I have I'm, keys. I'm not leaving. I have this keys. This is my legal address, yeah. my driver's license. I get mail here. Or yeah. worse, I've changed the locks. You need to leave. Right. And you need to get a court order to get back into into your what you thought was your house. Because I'm here. Squatter's oh rights. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. You that know? seems um, so awful. We have friends who have been together in a committed, monogamous relationship for as long as I've been married. I've been married for It'll be 35 years this May. Um, That's awesome. Congratulations. But, thank you. But, but you know, they've been together as long as well, single. And it's, it's from their standpoint, tax benefits. Um, but realistically, then it's like, okay, have you considered that you need to have some really savvy estate planning, if that's the case, because uh, things that happen by operation of law, if one spouse dies, you know, things, you know, assets going to another spouse, um, don't just happen automatically, right? Even, even I, I, I run into this a lot, you know, we represent folks who um, are in all kinds of tragedies, and sometimes uh, people are killed in, in a car wreck or something along those lines that results in a personal injury claim called a wrongful death claim. And the law in Georgia, just like every state, spells out who gets to bring a wrongful death claim. And there's no category there for live-in uh, love interest. And there's no common law in the state of Georgia. And I'm, I'm tired. Did there of, used to be? Yeah. Used to be. Okay. And, that, and that's a problem because people, some folks think it still exists. Yeah. And so as Bruce points out, uh, your live-in partner of 35 years, the person that you love is tragically injured or, or killed, death case. And you think you're the one that can go down to my office or Bruce's office and, and hire us. You may not be. It may be her near-to-well son that's been living in Paris for the last nine years who hates you and it's his case and it's his claim and it's his right to hire the lawyer and dispose of the funds if there are settlement funds as he sees fit. Yeah, or the you know the, the parents are deceased, there are no children, but there's a sibling that you and he have fought for 30 years. Well, guess what? Sibling now has the rights to bring that claim, even if they haven't talked for 30 years. So so there's there's a lot of ramifications to these decisions, you know, and, and so um, it, it requires some forethought and planning, really, because you can get around it and you can have enforceable agreements on it. Although I don't know that you can assign in advance the wrongful death claim. That, that may be one of those things that can't be 
uh, contractually figured out. You know, you can't assign to somebody your negligence claim. Um, so maybe that's a chance that uh, you're willing to take, uh, you know, if all else is equal as, you know, when we're coming to live together. And we do have cases like this where there's actually no heir, where then Bruce or somebody, somebody who wants to at least help would have a court appointed guardian who is usually a lawyer. The courts all have lawyers who volunteer and I think they receive, is it a percentage, like 1.1% of the settlement funds that go into the, into the account. Uh, appoints that lawyer. That lawyer is is the named plaintiff, so to speak, and hires Bruce and his law firm, and they promulgate the claim, and then they divest and disperse the money as as they can. So there is a backup plan. I have had to try to motion the court to appoint somebody in a case where the defendant died before we could file suit. So we filed suit, got got a guardian appointed by the court, served the guardian the lawsuit. And then the, they, they turned the case over to the insurance company. I mean, it's kind of a process, and it's one of those things you don't want to do when the statute of limitations is running. One of the great things um, about the process Ray is just describing is that it does allow a savvy lawyer to do a little bit of forum shopping, you know. And so mm-hmm. if, if this deceased defendant lived in, let's just say, the county where you grew up, Tug, you know, somewhere Whitfield. Uh, in Whitfield County, Georgia, um, where... Just by reputation, the jurors are not that generous with um, financial recoveries Parsi- and personal injury cases. Parsimonious, maybe the <laughs> Parsimonious. Word. That's They're, fancy. You know, if you get you get fifty thousand dollars out of a Whitfield County jury, you know, you, you might your have clients a, on oxygen. You had a busload of dead right. nuns yep. to, to get that right. So it's <laughs> they're pretty tight up there. But you take that same case and file it in some Metro Atlanta County, like. DeCab or Clayton or Fulton, you know, you, you have a better chance of getting fair, reasonable dollars put on it. So when Ray's described, you know, you can get somebody appointed. If the person who's appointed to represent the deceased Whitfield County resident lives in DeKalb County, you can file that lawsuit in DeKalb County. Ah, okay. and, and so it does give you some options for improving your chances. Um, so I don't know. We're getting into a little bit well, of inside baseball stuff here. but No, I get it, um, though, it's, but that's it's, interesting. It's one of the things we look at. Well, as we close out the segment, about uh, 45 seconds left, what happens in the Tiger Woods case? Do you have do you have a, a good guess so that way later on we can come back and do Bruce and Ray were right again? This, this is perfectly teed up for a settlement that occurs outside the purview of any of us and outside of TMZ, except that a year from now TMZ will find a photograph of the plaintiff in this case, Tiger's ex-girlfriend, uh, driving some fancy car, pulling up to some really nice home in Florida, and we won't hear any of the specific details. Yes, a check will be written. <laughs> okay. And Fair it may enough. be sort of a staggered, if I was advising El Tigre, I would say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give her this amount. We're going to give her a third up front. And in two years from now, and there's been no condition secret, yeah, right. con- there's been no secrets released about that you brush your teeth with your left hand instead of your right hand or something like that. Right. No book then deals. The, no book. Then the next payment is made. Didn't go on the Oprah tour. Then the next payment is made. Or uh, we buy the house. The trust owns a house, but you can live in it for the rest of your life. I mean, there's a lot of ways to structure yeah. this. It's a financial money grab. Um, you know, and, and she's, she's filed and they're going to litigate it. And again, a couple of lawyers are going to make some attorney's face. Yay. For lawyers. Yay lawyers. We like those guys. <laughs> this is your day in court on extra one Oh six, three. When we come back, the folks who were arrested in the case with, um, the Atlanta police training center, how did that shake out? There was a lawyer actually arrested, which caught my attention most. Cause I wanted to ask you about that. What happens when a lawyer gets arrested? Who, uh, who has been, and he is from the state of Georgia. We'll talk about that next on Extra 106.3. Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. 
backpack. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year, with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP 49,905, excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to your day in court on Extra 106.3 with renowned lawyers Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. My name is Tug Cowart. Protest last weekend intensified, turned violent at the Atlanta Police Department Training Center. Some people would call Cop City. 23 people were charged with domestic terrorism uh, over this incident, and one of the people who were charged was an actual lawyer and that's what got my attention the most is the fact that we do this show you guys talk about it from a legal point of view but i don't know that we've ever talked about a lawyer being well i guess we did with alex murdoch he was a lawyer and he got arrested for murder but maybe a little bit different this guy got charged with domestic terrorism how does that affect his his law career moving forward well you know lawyers get arrested just like anybody else and some certainly uh, we know a lot of lawyers who have fought the good fight and found themselves facing a criminal uh, contempt charge um, because they've stood up for their clients rights in court and otherwise um, this particular lawyer a guy named Thomas Webb Jurgens Jurgens I'm not sure how you pronounce it but young lawyer working for the Southern Poverty Law Center which is a great group that is out there um, certainly fighting for civil rights and and trying to you know sort of Take on the man, you know, when there's injustice. Um, but whether he was there in that capacity as an observer, which is one of the things you read, or whether he's there and actively involved in something illegal, he's still facing the same charges of domestic terrorism as his 22 co-defendants. Um, it is different that he's a lawyer. It's different that he's an Atlanta resident because 21 of the 23 folks who were arrested are from out of state, some even out of the country. Um, so, you know, it's gotten a lot of national attention. I mean, if he's convicted of domestic terrorism, my belief is that's probably the sort of thing that will disqualify him from being able to remain a lawyer. Um, if this is pleaded down to some sort of disturbing the peace charge or, you know, something more in the misdemeanor nature, then he's sanctioned. There may be some um, sanctions. The, the the practice of law is regulated um, and it is something that the Supreme Court of Georgia can impose sanctions. The state bar can impose sanctions. He might be reprimanded. He might be suspended. The ultimate sanction is being disbarred. So whether this rises to that level, if he's if he's convicted or pleads guilty of this felony charge of domestic terrorism, that's probably a disbarrable offense. I believe it would be. But anything less than that, certainly a misdemeanor, he might face a reprimand, but it shouldn't be anything more than that. I agree with Bruce on that. And the other question is, why did he get a bail bond of $5,000? And at least as of the last time I checked the news, uh, none of the other 23 alleged domestic terrorists had made bail bond. Well, they were denied a bond by a DeKalb judge for all kinds of various reasons. Let's talk about why Mr. Jurgens or Jurgens did get a bail bond. We've talked about these things before. Number one, he's a member of the Georgia Bar in good standing. Uh, he probably has no prior serious criminal history of any type. He certainly has no felonies. You would not be a member of the Georgia Bar with a, a law license. He's probably not on probation or parole for any crimes. He's a citizen of the state, probably has a Georgia driver's license and maybe even a residence. So he's not a big flight risk that he's going to get on a plane and go back to Paris, France as one of the as the as the residents of one of the of right. the terrorists or Canada or Arizona. 
Uh, he'll be here. He's going to fight the good fight. I'm sure he can't wait to fight the good fight. It's, I know folks that do this kind of work. Uh, <laughs> with uh, all transparency, my ex-wife is a lawyer for that okay. for that Southern Poverty Law Institute. Uh, and it has nothing to do with why we're not married. <laughs> uh, as Bruce says, these are very dedicated people. They may be wayward at some times, but they believe in their principles and their beliefs. And I'm sure he's looking forward to his day in court. However, if he gets a uh, county ordinance disur- disturbing the peace and a $300 fine, if I'm his lawyer, I say, plead no, let's get the hell out of here, okay? Right. You know, and let these other, let the guy from France fight the case. Uh, and that's why the judge denied the bail bond. Each case had his own individual. Some of these people may have been on probation or parole. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not accusing anybody, which, which doesn't make them criminals again, but it means they may be. And they may be in violation of their parole or their or their probation. They may have prior criminal histories. They may have cr- prior criminal histories in, that include vi- acts of violence. So each case was evaluated. I think the mother of one of the uh, accused came to court and promised the judge, judge she would bring her son back from New York. And the judge says, well, we're just going to keep him here out on Camp Creek Circle. And uh, let me tell you, folks, there are two, every jail is tough. Every jail. Uh, except maybe the Martha Stewart Federal Prison Camp apartment building with a fence around it. Uh, but the DeKalb County Jail rivals the Fulton County Jail at Rice Street in tough, tough place to be if you are not someone that can handle themselves or defend themselves. There's a lot of young women uh, in this group. I'm not saying they can't defend themselves, but it's a tough place. And there's a couple of middle-aged guys in there. You don't want to be a 50-year-old guy at the DeKalb County Jail for more than a few hours, and they've been in there for a few days. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, I, I understand everything Ray is saying, and certainly all those factors should be taken into consideration when you're figuring out bond um, considerations. But it seems extreme what's going on here, and it, it seems punitive what's going on here. And, and whether it's just the idea of, you know, you are um, – taking action against law enforcement, and so we're going to treat you that much more harshly, whether it's the level of organization that seems to have been gone on behind all this. Um, we've seen what on the surface look like much worse offenses um, and much more clear, direct, straight-line proof from the offense to the perpetrator where folks are getting bond. It might be a high bond, but there's a bond in place. And, and you know, the lawyer, one of the lawyers who's representing several defendants uh, was on the news this morning, and she was saying that, look, there's no evidence that anybody did anything here that they could point to any individual who was arrested, as opposed to, we're going to round everybody up, we're going to see who's from out of state and arrest all of them. And, the last and, and, time I heard that defense was the January 6th defendants, <laughs> yeah. okay? And there is there will be videotape. And there will be. Will there? there will because be, when you know when the oh, kid the got cameras. killed yeah, a couple was, months ago, there state was patrol, no. State patrol does not have body cameras. I work with the state patrol on DUI cases and drug cases every single day. They do not. They are not issued body cameras. It's not as if on that instance they didn't have them on. APD, Atlanta Police, does have body cameras. We've seen some footage, certainly, and, yes. and you see you see fireworks and. Some construction equipment set on fire. I mean, there's there's vandalism out there. There's there's something bad going on. It's it, you know, the claim of this was just a music festival and things got out of hand. I don't. I haven't seen anything to sh- to show support for that either. You know, yeah. but it, but it does seem kind of extreme that we're just going to have a blanket no bond for everybody here, as opposed to let's look at these individual claims and see what kind of flight risk you present. And because I, ultimately, that's what bond is for. It's I, it's to ensure that you come back. Yeah, and, and, I, and I say I, this one, John, not to interrupt you, yep. but Ray and I both have friends who are in the bail bond business. They would welcome a chance yeah. to you know write write the bonds. Look, for look and, and I and I agree with Bruce in the big picture. Uh, there's not a fatality here. There may have been a prior incident, and that defendant is the accused, has got his his day in court coming, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, No one was viciously harmed. It's property damage. Uh, You know, the terrorism, the conspiracy to commit terrorism, that's that's a tough charge to prove. You've got to prove the planning and, and, you know, the preconceived uh, notion of what we're going to do. Not saying it can't be proven. Could each of these folks be put under a $100,000 bail bond, property bond, cash bond, ankle monitor, can't leave the state? You decided to come to the state? Well, you know, welcome south, brother. Now you're here, okay? And you're not leaving until you have your day in court. All of those things can be put in place. I don't represent any of these individuals, but that's the type of argument that I would make. And again, 
I would argue the state does have some, you know, they can prove that collectively, I agree with Bruce, something bad happened out there. But again, it's going to be difficult to prove beyond a reasonable doubt what each party did or didn't do. You can't say, well, just because that trailer burned and you were out there, that you're the one that threw the Molotov cocktail, unless I see the Molotov cocktail in your hand on, or somebody or somebody rolls, you know, and starts testifying. And you would certainly think that with this level of conflict that has been out there for months, that there would be cameras everywhere and and, and no, everything I, I don't should be recorded. That. You know, yeah, so. it should be. No, I agree with you. And the state patrol should have body cameras. I mean, I think that, that makes I, I don't, so I much sense. I don't disagree with that either. So um, much sense. The, the difference, just quickly aside, in the DUI cases that I handle or drug stop cases, uh, the difference between the dashboard camera, which is on the dashboard of the vehicle, mounted sort of in, in, in the seat area, and the 15 to 20 feet maybe between where, where the camera is going through the windshield of the, of the trooper's cruiser to where the trooper and my client would be standing and the microphone, the difference between what I can see or what a jury can see mm-hmm. uh, or a judge and difference that in the body camera is 100 miles, how much different it is. Oh, I can only imagine. And, and, and it, it, it is better for both the state and the defense because it – this is really kind of what happened. I mean, yeah. there's there's not a whole lot of doubt when you've got and, – and more increasingly, there's two or three body cameras, even on a DUI case, because there's always a backup officer nowadays. So we've got In two cameras angles. from different angles yeah. and perspectives, and it really helps solve the case. I don't know why right, Georgia doesn't have that. One way or the other. Yeah, I don't know why they don't have that. They need to get that fixed for sure. But if you do run into legal issues – no matter what kind of legal issues, reach out to the best lawyers in the city of Atlanta, the state of Georgia, and in the entire country, in my opinion. We'll start with you, Bruce. How do people get a hold of you? I don't want to disagree with you, Tug. That's right. uh, <laughs> e- easy enough to get hold of me, 404-202-2233. That's my cell. You can email me, bruce at hagen-law.com. Another great show. Thanks for doing this today, Tug. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure to be with you all. Uh, Ray, how do people get you? 404-964-4185. I'm here in Roswell. And as I said earlier, you know, wherever my pony will take me, I'll come fight for your rights and try to do your right. <laughs> Sound like the Beastie Boys over there. <laughs> fight for your right and party. Let's go. Well, usually it emanates from some type of a party. <laughs> That's exactly That's the, right. The core of a lot of problems is the party. Reach out to these guys. They will give you the best service or find you the best representation that you could ask for. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice here on Extra 106.3. Bam! That's good stuff there, man. Thank you, Todd. Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954 MSRP 49,905 excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.